everyone. Welcome to To Be Heard Podcast, your weekly faith-filled and motivational podcast where listeners are encouraged, culture is challenged, and the truth can be heard. My name is Ayana Simone, and I am your host for this podcast. And if you want to know more about who I am and what I do, be sure to head on over to my website at ayanasimone.com and be sure to sign up to become a member so I can stay connected with you every Wednesday via email. And if you want to stay closely connected to the podcast, be sure to follow To Be Heard Podcast on Instagram. That way you can stay in touch with each and every episode. But welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I hope that you've been doing well since the last To Be Heard Tuesday. I know it's been yet another crazy week in 2020. Surprise, surprise. But um, I hope that everyone's been breathing easy, that you've been doing well. Like I'm actually, I'm praying for you guys and I hope that you're doing okay. Um, But I am super glad that you tuned into today's episode because if you want the truth, um, this episode has been a long time coming. Uh, For those of you who follow the summer vlog series over on my website, where I post a series of videos every Friday of those summer months. Um, And it's that last Friday of those months where I post a Bible study. And today's episode was actually reserved for um, a Bible study for the summer vlogs. Uh, But then I started toying with it, and I thought perhaps that maybe this episode here today could be a blog post. Because I do post a blog every last Sunday of the month, and I'm thinking maybe this episode would best suit like a blog. But I was going through my notes and I'm like, you know what, Yana, this needs to be heard today. So I'm super glad and so excited to share with you all um, what today's To Be Heard Tuesday will be about, because it is a Bible study today. Just as a warning, we are going to dive a little deeper into scripture with one another. And I'm super excited. But before we dive in, I do want to real fast just further emphasize what I mentioned at the beginning of this episode in regards to signing up to become a member over on my website because there is something brand new coming to the website that I'm so excited for. I'm I'm beaming with joy about this thing and I'm so excited for um, this thing to come because it's not just a new thing for the website, but it has everything to do with the podcast as well. And I want every listener to be included in on what that new thing is and the best way for you to do that is if you sign up to become a member. So I really encourage that on this To Be Her Tuesday. You can um, go to my website, ayanasimone.com, or if you want the direct link to sign up, it's ayanasimone.com slash members. And I would love to have you be a part of what's to come on the website. But more importantly, I would love if you were a part of the family. So make sure that you're signed up and stay tuned for what's next because I'm so excited But for today's episode, just diving right in, um, anyone is welcome to listen to today's To Be Heard Tuesday. I hope you all know that. Everyone's welcome here. You can tune in, whoever you are, wherever you are. Um, I hope that (laughs) you'll tune into a To Be Heard Tuesday. But today's episode is, I'm actually recording it for a specific group of people who I can relate to, a group of people who I just, I can relate to. I'll just leave it at that. And this To Be Hurt Tuesday is being recorded for my fellow perfectionist. Yes, perfectionist, I'm talking to you. Make sure you turn your volume up 
for today's episode because it is for you. And yes, I am talking to you, the person who is so hard on themselves whenever something isn't perfect, that you stress yourself out, you lose sleep over something when it's not perfect. Uh, Again, you are hard on yourself until something is perfect. Or even if you're honest, you're hard on other people too when something isn't perfect. You can be a little bitey when something isn't up to par, up to your standards. Yes, I'm talking to you. And the reason why I can call you out like that is, again, because I can relate to you. I, too, used to be a perfectionist. And I'm saying used to because... Or maybe I should say I'm a recovering perfectionist because over and over and over again, I had to lay that thing down because the truth about perfectionism, and this is the part that I want you to hear, the truth about perfectionism is that it is a prison. Perfectionism is a prison. I don't know if you take pride in it the way I used to take pride in it because I literally thought like, what's so wrong about wanting things to be perfect? Like, that to me was so innocent. Like, I just want things to be perfect. Like, what's so wrong about that? And even when it came to myself, I thought, you know, like, aren't I supposed to be perfect? I mean, if especially if I have faith in Jesus. Like, is he not calling me to be perfect? Like, come on. This is, this is okay for me to be perfectionist. It's okay to want things to be perfect. That is not true. And I want to expose that today because you may be listening to this and you identify as a perfectionist or you're aware of your tendencies to be a perfectionist. And you're like, yeah, like there's nothing wrong with that. It's okay. Like, yeah, I know I have my ways and sometimes I freak out and lose sleep and I'm so stressed out that I can't even do anything, but it's fine. Like, it's okay if I deal with perfectionism. I'm serious. Like, I want to talk to you. This is a, a real thing that I want to expose today. And this does have everything to do with the Bible study that we're going to dive into together. Um, but it's important that I expose the fact that perfectionism is a prison. It's a tormentor. And I don't want to scare anyone on the podcast, but I'll go even as far as saying that perfectionism is a demon. Like, this thing is not from God. If you think, if anyone tuned in today, if you think that it's God that's putting all of these demands on you, demanding that you're perfect, demanding that, you know, you do all of these things to make sure that you have this ticket in heaven or whatever you think that God is um, holding over you, that's a lie from the pit of hell. And you ought to tell the enemy. We talked about this on the podcast. Like, you better tell him. That is a straight up lie. You and your and you and your lies can go right back to the pit of hell. Like you don't have to put up with that because it's not true. If God, listen to me, if God wanted us to be perfect and he expected perfection out of us, then he would have never had to send his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. Because he would have looked at our perfectionism, he would have looked at our perfection And he would have said, you know what? They got it. Like, they don't need a savior. They don't need any saving or rescuing. They're perfect enough. They can do it themselves. Then Jesus literally died in vain. Like, if God wanted us to be perfect, then we didn't need the death of Jesus Christ. But God knew. He knew that we couldn't be perfect. He knew that we would fall short of the glory of the Lord. We all did. We could read about that in Romans 3.23. We all fall short. But perfectionism, here's what perfectionism does. And and there's a reason why I called it a demon, because perfectionism actually tells God that we don't need Jesus. 
like perfectionism would own up to that like no like you know Jesus your little death on the cross that was really cute and I thank you for that but at the same time no thank you because I don't need saving I can be perfect enough I can try to be perfect enough I can work hard to save myself I don't need you and that language alone lets me know that perfectionism is a thing of pride too ouch I'm sorry brace yourself that was a hard truth there But perfectionism is a thing of pride. And when I exposed that or or I guess realized that in my own life, that it was a pride that was the root of my perfectionism, I was so shocked because I'm like, God, you know how insecure I am. Like, there's no way I've got pride in my heart. But perfectionism, honestly, this is the truth. Perfectionism is like, like, I, I could call it the sister of pride. Like, those two work together really well. Like perfectionism and pride, that actually sounds like a pair of, of brats, <laughs> like perfectionism and pride, you know, it's that's what it is. It's like the dynamic duo. They come together. If you if you're dealing with perfectionism, it could be a thing of pride just as a warning. And I know it's a hard truth. But when I came to terms with that, like in my own life, I, I was able to deal with it and I was able to work with it and, and bring it to the Lord and. It was kind of like a diagnosis for me, and I needed that. Like, I need to get rid of pride because most of the times, if you're dealing with perfectionism, you're also dealing with pride. And because perfectionism comes with pride, and it is, you can say it's the sister of pride or even the daughter of pride, like, it's the result of a prideful heart. You can even say, and I want to make this clear today on To Be Heard podcast, that perfectionism prevents us from purpose. It truly does because, you know, we get into the conversation of God having a good and perfect plan for your life, having a, a purpose, the, the reason why that you're here. We get into that conversation and we can't really step into that because it's like, oh, wait, I'm not perfect or this thing isn't perfect or what I'm called to isn't perfect. And I don't know if it will be perfect or, or how I can make it perfect. And then it just prevents us from stepping into our the, the purpose, the, like the reason why we're here. And if I hadn't made it clear enough, like that is a prison cell. Like that's bondage. God does not want that for you. He doesn't want that for any of us. And I want to expose that and make that very clear on To Be Her podcast that if you're dealing with perfectionism, it's bondage. And that comes from the enemy. And in most cases, you know, it does come in the form of pride, but you can also say it comes in the form of religion, too. And that is a very interesting conversation that we have already had on the podcast in season one. I did do an episode called Religion Versus Relationship, if you want to give that a listen. But uh, that introduces a whole new conversation. I don't have time for that today, but that would make for a pretty, pretty good episode. Maybe I'll talk about it again this season. But it is a dead religious thing. I'm talking about perfectionism. Because here's a segue into our Bible study today. Here's what perfectionism ultimately says. And it says a lot of other things, which we just talked about. But another thing that perfectionism says, and this is going to take us into our Bible study. But perfectionism says that God can't use us if we're not perfect. That's perfectionism. But the story that we're going to study today in the Bible says otherwise. Which leads me to say, and I'm so excited, you guys, let's crack open the Bible directly to Matthew 9. And this is where we're going to start our study today, which I do want to warn y'all. It's 
a pretty big section that we're studying uh, on this To Be Heard Tuesday. So settle in. I'm going to read it. Um, I'm going to read it all and then we'll break it down later. But it's a pretty hefty section. So just buckle in, get comfortable and we'll dive into Matthew 9 and we'll start in verse 18. It says, starting in verse 18, as Jesus was saying this, the leader of a synagogue came and knelt before him. My daughter has just died, he said, but you can bring her back to life again if you just come and lay your hand on her. So Jesus and his disciples got up and went with him. Just then, this is verse 20, a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe for she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. Hallelujah. We can praise break. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus arrived at the official's home, that's the leader of the synagogue. He's there at the home. He saw the noisy crowd and heard the funeral music. Verse 24, Jesus says, get out. That girl isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him. After the crowd was put outside, however, Jesus went in and took the girl by the hand, and she stood up. The report of this miracle swept through the entire countryside. After Jesus left the girl's home, this is verse 27, two blind men followed along behind him shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. They went right into the house where he was staying, and Jesus asked them, Do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him, we do. Then he touched their eyes and said, Because of your faith, it will happen. Then their eyes were opened, and they can see. Jesus sternly warned them, Don't tell anyone about this. But instead, they went out and spread his fame all over the region. When they left, this is verse 32, a demon-possessed man who couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. So Jesus cast out the demon, and then the man began to speak. The crowds were amazed. Nothing like this has ever happened in Israel, they exclaimed. But the Pharisees said he can cast out demons because he is empowered by the prince of demons. Going into verse 35, I told y'all it was long, but we're almost done. Verse 35, it says, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the fields. So we're going to stop there for now. We still have a little more to read, but I know what you guys are thinking. You're like, Yana, you just did this whole monologue about perfectionism. Like, what does this have to do with perfectionism? Th believe me, this story has everything to do with perfectionism. We're not done reading yet, so we'll get into that a bit. But just taking a little break here, I want to break down what we read so far in regards to the amazing story. I mean, that's just amazing what we just read. We literally get to see Jesus in action. And that's why the Bible is so cool. Like you get to learn more about who Jesus was and the character and the person of God, like who he was. And I think this scene here, this section that we just read, gives us uh, a pretty clear picture uh, demonstrating just how awesome God is. Like, because you have to understand that what we read was not 
um, you know, some stories recorded over the span of a few days. But everything that we just read happened moment after moment after moment. And there's key transitional phrases there in the Bible that I want to point out to you that demonstrate that Jesus was literally on the move. Like he did not stop healing. It seemed like everywhere he turned, there was a person a raised to life or, you know, a blind man to heal. And I want to point out to you some key scriptures starting in verse 18. Um, it says, as Jesus was saying this. So that shows us that transitional phrase there, as Jesus was saying this. That means he was right in the middle of saying something when the leader of the synagogue came to him. So when Jesus, he's in the middle of teaching, someone comes up to him and says, hey, um, that's uh, the leader of the synagogue saying, I need you to come and, and heal my daughter, raise her back to life again. Um, but then you go to verse 20 and it says, just then, just as the leader of the synagogue came up to Jesus asking uh, for Jesus to uh, resurrect his daughter. Just then, a woman who had an issue of bleeding, a constant bleeding, which we can read and, and study in other Gospels that this bleeding has happened um, to her for 12 years. She comes along in the middle of, um, you know, the leader of the synagogue request, requesting that Jesus come and heal his daughter and, and bring her back to life. So that kind of shows us there's like two um, two things that need to be done just back to back. As Jesus was saying this. Uh, someone comes and requests that he raises his daughter back to life. And that as soon as that request is, is said, then the woman comes and she wants to and she touches the fringe of his robe. But then even in verse 27, after Jesus had raised the girl back to life, verse 27 says, as Jesus was leaving the girl's home, then two blind men come up to him. Yeah, I'm trying to point out to you like the back to back to back, like it's just nonstop healing and nonstop miracles. We see it again in verse 32. It says, when the blind man left, uh, that that key transitional phrase there, when they left, then the demon-possessed man comes. And it's just back to back to back. And then we see in verse 35 how Jesus, he travels throughout all the towns and the villages, and he heals the sick and casts out demons, and he's preaching the good news. And he looks around, and he's like, these people are like sheep without a shepherd. And he has compassion on them, but he says something so profound in those last two verses that we just read. And he says, you know, the, the harvest is great, which means like people need a savior. People need someone who's going to come in the authority of God to heal the sick and to cast out demons and to raise people from the dead. He's like, these people need a shepherd. They need a savior. And, and Jesus is the shepherd. He is the savior. But then he says, you know, the harvest is great. That's true. These people need a, a shepherd, but the workers are very few, meaning that Jesus, he was the one who was doing all. I mean, he was the did you see him? I feel like we were just watching a movie together, reading that like he was healing the sick and casting out demons and, you know, opening blind eyes and, and raising dead girls back to life again. That was all Jesus. But when he says the workers are few and he turns to his disciples to say this, which is significant. And that's going to lead us into our Bible study. Um, but he says the workers are few, meaning, you know, there's only one Jesus, like one physical body of Jesus. I hope you know what I mean by that. There is only one God, but the person of Jesus, him coming in flesh, there's only one body, one Jesus. And he said the workers are few indicating that there needs to be more people coming in the authority of Jesus to do these things is what he's saying. And it's significant that he said this. And again, this is going into our Bible study. 
It's very significant that he says this because he turns to his disciples to say this. And what we're about to read in Matthew 10, uh, we're, we're not going to read that full chapter. I know what we read already was a lot. But in Matthew 10, it demonstrates pretty clearly the message that I want you to understand in regards to perfectionism. So let's read together, starting uh, in Matthew 10, verse 1. It says, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. Here are the names of the 12 apostles. Turn your volume up. This is very important. First, Simon, also called Peter. Then Andrew, Peter's brother. James, son of Zebedee. John, James's brother. Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, the tax collector. James, son of Alphaeus. Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. That list is very, very important. And I hope that you caught why. <laughs> because we started this episode talking about perfectionism and how it truly is a bondage and it is a prison cell. And it keeps us from stepping into purpose. And lastly, what we talked about before we started reading scripture we learn that perfectionism tells us that God can't use us if we're not perfect. But this story, that list we just read, that list of men, the 12 disciples, that Jesus gave authority to do exactly what Jesus did. He healed the sick. He cast out demons. He gave these men, his 12 disciples, to do exactly what Jesus did. He gave them authority to do so. And these men... All 12 of them that I just named are not perfect. Like they are so not perfect. It's ridiculous. And I'm only going to highlight a few of them just for the sake of time. But if we really wanted to study together, we can go through the list and figure out, you know, just going into a deeper study and in and, and the many ways that they're not perfect. But we're going to start with the first name that's mentioned there. And he happens to be my favorite disciple. But Peter is mentioned first in that list. And if there's anything we need to know about Peter, Peter actually denied Jesus not once, not twice, but three times. And he didn't just deny Jesus three times, but he denied Jesus in the moment that Jesus needed him the most. When Jesus needed someone to stand up and say, hey, like he did nothing wrong. Peter denied him three times, three times. In this same Peter, we have to understand something about Jesus, too, which I probably should have mentioned this before. But Jesus knew that Peter would deny him three times. Peter didn't do it at this point of the story, but Jesus, he knows all things. And he was well aware of the fact that later on in their story and their time together, that Peter would deny Jesus three times. He knew that. And he still gave Peter authority to cast out demons and to heal the sick. He still used Peter, even knowing that Peter would deny him. He still used Peter. Very interesting. Now let's move on to Thomas, who is also in that list. Thomas, we refer in the church world, which we probably shouldn't do this, but we, we refer to Thomas as doubting Thomas because these little things that we pick up just seeing him uh, in scripture, it seems as if he often had doubts. Like Jesus, he was on his way to heal Lazarus, a good, a good friend of his, raise Lazarus from the dead. 
And Thomas, he was the one doubting, like, um, <laughs> like he just completely misunderstood Jesus. And he had doubt that Jesus could do that. We can read about that in John 11, specifically verse 16. But even further, I mean, after Jesus, he died and rose again three days later so we could have new life in him. Hallelujah. But even after Jesus was resurrected and he appeared to his disciples showing, you know, that he was nailed to the cross. He had holes in his hand and, um, you know, a cut in his side. And he showed Thomas all of that. But before he showed Thomas, Thomas was like, I don't believe it. Like, I don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Thomas often had doubts. And Jesus gave Thomas the authority to do what Jesus did, casting out demons and healing the sick. He used even Thomas. Matthew is also listed in that in the list of men there. He's a part of the 12 disciples. In Matthew, it says clearly in that list, Matthew was a tax collector. And one thing you need to know about tax collectors then is that they were literally the scum of the earth. Like they were counted as some of the worst sinners. Which, you know what, if you want the truth, I don't like my, my tax collected either, so I can understand exactly where they're coming from. But back then, they were straight up scum of the earth. Like, people wanted nothing to do with tax collectors. Which, again, is still a little relevant today, but back then, it was, like, legit. And Jesus used Matthew, Matthew even, to work in the field. And, and that using that analogy there. You know, there, this, there's work that needs to be done here. People need a, a shepherd, a savior. And we have that in Jesus. But Jesus gave Matthew that authority to also heal the sick and cast out demons. To do exactly what Jesus did. And Matthew literally was considered scum of the earth. And Jesus being perfect and holy, worthy of all praise. He gave Matthew, someone who was considered to be a scum of the earth. He gave Matthew that authority. That says something. But even further, you guys, that list ends with Judas Iscariot, who it mentions also in that list that Judas later betrayed Jesus. And again, Jesus, he knows all things. He knew that Judas would betray him later on in their in their story. He knew that. And he used even Judas, the one who betrayed him. Judas betrayed him so that they could crucify Jesus. That was Judas who betrayed him. And Jesus gave even him the authority. Do you see a pattern here, listeners? <laughs> Do you recognize that these men are not perfect? They are not perfect. And Jesus, he completely and totally is. That's something that we've got to get a hold of. No, none of us are perfect. None of us are. But Jesus is perfect and he is not demanding or expecting any of us to be perfect in order for him to use us for his glory. He's not looking for that at all because you want to know something about the list of men there. If Jesus can use them to if he can give them the authority to do what Jesus did on earth, he can also give us the authority. Ordinary people, ordinary imperfect people like you and I. He could totally and completely use us, and he wants to. He wants to, because you know what? I still believe that we need more workers in the field. Look at our world today. Look at the news. There's a lot of hopelessness, and a lot of people are just confused and broken, and they need healing, and they're lost, and, and they just need, they need a savior. They need to be pointed to someone who is perfect and someone who can forgive sins and someone who can be there when the world looks like this today. 
they need that. And we, God wants to use us to point people back to him. He wants to, and I can prove that by Matthew 9 and 10. Jesus did all of those incredible things, but Jesus knew, he knew, and I want to be careful when I say this, but Jesus is not on earth anymore. Like his physical body, his, his, his flesh and bones, they're not here on earth. His Holy Spirit is, which we can talk about that, and we have to talk about that on the podcast, actually, that his Holy Spirit is. But it's our physical bodies that are here on earth, not Jesus. And he wants to use us here on earth to do the things that he did here on earth. And we actually found out already this season of the podcast what he said in, in, in John 14. John 14, 12, he said that for those who believe in Jesus, we'll do even greater works than Jesus. It doesn't say all the perfect people who believe in Jesus will do greater works than him. It says anyone who believes in him. Imperfect people, ordinary imperfect people who God, he wants to use us for his glory. He wants to use us for such a time as this, which we also learn in the podcast. And I want to make that very clear in today's Bible study on this To Be Heard Tuesday. If God can use those imperfect, ordinary men, he can use us. And let me tell you something that's so exciting because we've got work to do. Jesus, he says, we need more workers in the field. And we do, especially in 2020. We need more people out there healing the sick and casting out demons. And, And God wants to give us the authority to do that. He can use imperfect people like you and I. That's good news, especially for those of you who deal with perfectionism. Again, that is not from God. In fact, he says in scripture, this is Matthew 11, that his burdens are, are light. He, they're not heavy burdens that he, he wants us to carry. No, even I was just reading in, in 1 John 5, it talks about this, that loving him is to obey him and his commands are not burdensome. Like God, he doesn't put that, that heaviness on us. We're the ones who do that. And the enemy, he, he uses that too. He uses, he, he tries to make it seem like we're supposed to be religious. We're supposed to be perfect. And that's not true. That actually keeps us from knowing God and stepping into our purpose. No, God, he wants to use us. He wants to use imperfect people like you and I. And it's when we put our faith in him is when every day we literally start to, to look like him. I'll say this real fast and I'll end it. I know this is a longer episode. But you guys know that like once you start hanging out with people uh, and you hang out with them for for a long amount of time and you start to to act like them and talk like them. Sometimes some people say you even look like them. That's how it is with Jesus. The more you hang out with him, the more you study his word, you start to talk like him and look like him. And you can't literally you get to live on earth like Jesus doesn't mean that you'll be perfect. None of us will ever be perfect. And Jesus knows that. And he's not expecting us to be perfect. But he is expecting us to be pure. And the only way to do that is literally to live like Jesus. And so I'm saying this to to get rid of that weight on your shoulders. To get rid of that and stop convincing yourself that Jesus wants you to be perfect. That is not true. He can use you as you are. And it's when you put your faith in him is when you can do even greater things than Jesus did. But studying the story today shows us that he can give authority to do what Jesus did to anyone. Imperfect people. 
but it's a significant to note about these imperfect people, about the disciples, is that these disciples followed him. They weren't just some random strangers. God like, oh, I'll give you authority. No, these are men who followed him. They were imperfect, but they followed him. And Jesus said, I'll use that. <laughs> like, that's perfect. I'll use them so that my will would be done here on earth. And he wants to use you too, you guys. And I hope you heard that loud and clear on today's To Be Heard Tuesday, because that does conclude today's episode. And I want that to encourage you. I want that to motivate you. You guys, you don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be perfect. And I'm not. Thank God I'm not. That's a lot of responsibility. Jesus is, and he's the one who's worthy of worship. He's the one who's worthy of all praise. And he's in control. So that makes us feel, that at least that makes me feel a whole lot better. We have a perfect God who's in control. There's no need to fear. And I want to celebrate that with you all on today's To Be Heard Tuesday. But if you enjoyed this episode, please let me know by following or subscribing on whatever listening platform you tune in on. And be sure to rate and leave a review on this episode so I can know what you're loving on the podcast. But make sure you come back next week for the next To Be Heard Tuesday. And don't forget to sign up to become a member over on my website on ayanasimone.com so you can be included in on all that's new on the website.